Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. In much less detail, the podcast where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Dre. Y'all know what time it is. Time for very much less detail the podcast with a big mega show here tonight. Here with you live on a Thursday night. December the 7th, 2017. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We are in the house. We are watching Saints and Falcons along with you. And we are also going to look back on a newsworthy week 13. And we're also going to get you set with our picks for week 14. We've got it all covered here in the next 90 minutes. So, Jay, I hope you're ready for a long one because we're ready and we're about to rock and roll tonight. Yeah, I'm ready to go. I appreciate the accommodation made this week so we can get these both made in, uh, both shows kind of made into one here and, you know, get me and my family off on vacation here for the next few days. So we're we're looking forward to having a nice time and hopefully uh, having a better week than I had last week. But I was due. I was was due for a clunker. You know, you, you had pointed out the fact that you hadn't beaten me in a week of picks in like two months almost. So... One of us was due to to, to have a, a rough week, and uh, yeah, it, it was there. It was a weird week overall. Um, a lot of results. Just you just kind of looked at it and just went, yeah, of course. It was one of those weeks where you just looked up and you had one of those of course weeks, and boy, that was it. Yeah, it was a lot of uh, things that happened. It was a lot of games that made you scratch your head and. There's a lot of games that made you go, yeah, you're, of course, they, that that would happen naturally. Uh, well, I don't even know where to begin. There's so much that, that went down. You were talking so much about what uh, the the coach of the Giants, Ben McAdoo, was trying to do. He was trying to show everybody, hey, I'm the coach. I, I got what I I got what it takes. I got the magic stick. I can do what I want with Eli Manning. I can sit him down. I can bench him. I can decide to start him if I want. I can start Geno Smith. Oh God, Geno Smith! I can do what I want to do, and you were basically saying he's trying to get fired, and it finally accommodates yeah. Didn't take long. Well, took longer than some people would say it should have. There were people calling for his firing as soon as he made the decision. I mean, like as soon as that because that was clearly not the sign of a coach who has his locker room, who has a pulse on what's going on who has a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who you at least have to show common courtesy. I mean, Eli Manning has been horrid. I mean, he's been terrible. But the way it was handled, they made him look like the good guy. The only, you know, and, and when you handle a situation that badly, that the quarterback who probably deserved a benching, but not in the manner that it was done, and definitely not for Geno Smith, yeah, you're trying to get fired, and you didn't just get fired. You got your GM sent back and with you. Um, so I will, I will stand by my, uh, I will stand by my prediction that Eli Manning will be the quarterback for the Giants at the start of next season. I, 
don't think you're going to be wrong about that, as, as incredible as it sounds. As stunning as that seemed a week ago, doesn't seem so stunning now, given the events. Uh, before we go any further, am I still breaking up at all uh, on my on my uh, voice patterns here? So far, no. So far, you're clean. Oh, good. Oh, so I got a, a brand new cord for, uh, for for the hard wiring, and I said to myself, "Self, here's what's going to happen. This is my sort of last resort to to fix these issues as far as my." Uh, sound quality because my sound quality all season long has been atrocious Uh, anybody listening to the show i sincerely apologize for how much i've been breaking up all year long i I emptied my d drive on my computer i got a brand new cord for the hardware if if i break up even a little bit tonight let me know and i'll be through with the computer i'll go i'll immediately switch to the phone I got my phone sitting right there. I'm serious. I'm so sick of, of hearing 50. As I said, when I got this new microphone, I'm still grateful uh, to my, my gracious wife for buying me this brand new, beautiful microphone that makes my voice sound so heavenly, but it doesn't do any fucking good if you can only hear 50% of what I say. So if I right. start breaking up, please let me know and I will jump right back on the phone. And, and I know we've joked about it on, on previous shows, but uh, I truly have the benefit of having known you for most of my life. So I only need to hear about 50% of what you say. Our listeners That's don't have that same luxury. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I remember, I think it was the draft show a couple of years ago where I was catching like every 10th word you said. And <laughs> yeah. I remember you coming back. I remember you coming back on the next show going, I don't know how you held that conversation together because I couldn't understand what she was saying. And I'm the one who said it. And I was like, okay, well. No idea how you can understand what the hell I was talking that's, about. That's what no happens idea. when you've when, when you've you know, thirty six years of you know knowing each other and doing this for you know picking games and talking football for for twenty five years. Uh, yeah, but for somebody who's listening to the show, yeah, I could see it being maddening. I could oh. see the drop rate. I could see the drop rate on those shows being fairly high. Just torture. I, I can't imagine any new listener coming in and going, what the hell? This is awful. God, not only is it awful to listen to, but then it's awful to, to hear the, the bad sound quality. It's, it's awful in two different ways. So I, I sincerely apologize to anybody who's had to listen and sit through that. Well, these up, upgrades are good, right? The show, the show keeps progressing. Every, 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 it's always about getting better. Always trying to get better. Can't get much worse. Um, hey, does the Falcons took the lead? Uh, but that, what what a crazy game this has been so far, huh? I, 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 that sequence at the end of the first half—I don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like that. You talk about just points I missed, on the board, I missed it off because, the board. Yeah, I missed it because I was driving home from work. Oh, okay. Um, and and right now I'm actually just getting updates for the game on my phone, so I'm trying to put my full attention into the into the broadcast. Hey, one um, yeah, of us Falcons is take, good. Falcons take Falcons. Well, yeah, you know, you you're more prepared always than I am, so I, I need the focus and the attention. <laughs> but no, Fal, we both uh, updating our listeners. We both picked the Falcons on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I had them. I had them in a close game. I had it as a two point game. I don't know. You you didn't pick a score, but you know this these I, NFC I, South battles. These these two teams usually it's a field goal game, and here we are three minutes to go. It's a field goal game. It's a 
field goal game. I always what pick a, a score for every uh, every game. I just didn't put it. I did. I did not make it public. Yeah. So I, I can't take any credit for any geniuses. I had it as a three point Falcons win, which it currently is, yeah. but I had it a lot higher scoring. I had it thirty four thirty one. So it's not going to yeah, be near that. Yeah, and I was thirty twenty eight. I believe yeah, so. so no, you know, and this is this is the thing. You know, the the degenerate gambler at my job, um, and I were talking about this about this. Uh, the Thursdays have been delivering a lot of unders. Just hmm. just almost historically, that the Thursday number comes in under quite a bit. Just like you say that the Thursday. Uh, favors the home team, which this year it's been a little little less likely to happen, which has made it maddening because when you think you're on it, then it goes back to the home team. And, you know, so it's been hard to peg. But Thursdays have notoriously come in under the number. And I brought that up and then he, he concurred with me. He noticed that too, because uh, he was actually taking the Falcons and the under tonight. How about that? Uh, well, that's good for him uh, that it's working out, but that's actually not the case this year for unders. I'm looking back at the Thursday Uh-oh. scores, and that's definitely not the case. Uh, week one, New England, uh, Kansas City, of course, over New England. Well, that's that, 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 that's, uh, 42-27. that doesn't count. Well, that doesn't count because that was the first game. That of the one year. doesn't count. Okay. That doesn't that doesn't week. count with the short week. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Week two, very much under Houston over Cincy, 13-9. Then it gets a little out of control. Week three, that Rams-Niners game that everyone was so shocked at. Oh, the Rams game that saved football. Yeah. The game that saved football. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Packers beat the Bears in week four, 35-14. Uh, week five, is a it's any Patriots game usually is going to go over. That one was a surprise that it went under New England at Tampa. That was 19-14 in favor of New England. Uh, but week six, go back to the overs, Philly over Carolina, 28-23. Week seven was uh, that crazy KC-Oakland game that Oakland won at the last second, 31-30. We get a rematch of that coming up this uh, this coming weekend. Yeah. Week eight, Baltimore covered by themselves. They beat Miami 40 to zip. Week nine, Buffalo and the Jets had a surprisingly high-scoring game. Jets won that one 34-21. Week 10, Arizona and Seattle go 22-16. That's, that might have been over because those over-unders are, are normally not that high, but that might have been under as well. But week 11, back to Pittsburgh, you know, when they go off, they always go off. So they beat uh, Tennessee 40-17 to in that one. And then Minnesota and Thanksgiving and uh, Detroit, well, that wasn't a night game, uh, but the Washington Giants on the Thanksgiving night 20-10, to that was under. Uh, but week 13, Dallas over the Skins 38-14. to so it's actually so it's been a little um, back and forth. So it's it's, it's almost like alternating. Yeah, a little bit. A few unders. Uh, it seemed like maybe a handful more overs this year, but uh, normally I think it is sort of uh, dormant and and dead. The, the reputation of Thursday night, I'll agree with you, is uh, sort of dead games that make you go, "Oh God, I hate football." And uh, that has normally been the case, but maybe not so much this year. But, uh, well, but this game's been pretty crazy, and we expected it would be because it's the Saints and the and the Falcons, and they always yep. uh, play each other tight, as you said. So yeah, so I mean, did you have any uh, going back to the Giants and the uh, firing of Ben McAdoo? Did you have any any take on that? I mean, obviously you can't be surprised. Here's your festive washing machine again. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm surprised, I think the same way that you might be surprised, why the fuck didn't they do this before Ben McAdoo benched Eli Manning? Even if they wait yeah. until he makes it public that he wants to do that, if they and, and maybe they didn't know. Maybe they shot up in their uh, seats and, and got 400 text messages and, and 20,000 tweets going, what, what's your guy doing? What, what's your coach doing? What the hell is this problem? And they go, what? He said what? He did what? Even if they had no possible idea he was going to do that. At that point, go down and get your boy. Go down and take care of that shit right now before he actually makes the decision to completely bench Eli Manning. And the story has come out since then. Apparently, this wasn't just I'm. Uh, this wasn't Ben McAdoo walking up to Eli Manning and saying, "You blow, and I'm going to bench you." He apparently gave him some convoluted uh, scenario in which he claims he wants to get a look at his younger quarterback. So he he offered Eli the chance to start to keep that start streak alive and then sit for the second half so that he can get a better look at Geno Smith, to which Eli in his head probably wanted to respond. You want to what? You fucking idiot. Get a better look at – why would you want to get a better look at Geno Smith? Uh, and by the way, Geno Smith, not horrible. I, I guess we got to eat a little crow with, with Starchild, who was trying to defend Geno uh, Smith on the last show. He wasn't terrible. He was not the worst quarterback in the world in that game. He wasn't. He was he wasn't good. He's never good. He wasn't awful. Uh, but but the moment you get a, a whiff of that decision by Ben McAdoo, go down and take care of that right then and there. Don't wait until he actually makes the decision and goes through with it and, and benches Eli Manning. That was the part to me. I don't know what the delay was. I'm not surprised that it happened right after that game. That that, that actually makes the most sense that they lose that game, no matter how good or bad or, or indifferent. Geno Smith plays, they lose that game and they immediately call him and say, okay, you're, you're done. That's it. That's it for that. that. That part's not surprising. I'm surprised that they didn't do that long before it ever got to that point. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, because you felt like it was just going off the rails and you could see that the coach had no plan. He had no vision. I mean, you don't bench Eli Manning for Geno Smith under any circumstance. Despite what our caller might say. Yeah. The perfect sound effect for the giant season, actually. Oh, yeah. Ben McAdoo is the conductor. And uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, they tossed Eli Manning over the side and said, here you go, Gino. You you, you drive the train. And, yeah, there, there it went. Um it was like that train that pulled into O'Hare Airport and jumped off the rails up onto the platform. Remember that? <laughs> Too soon. Too, didn't that kill people? Oh, sorry. I hope not. <laughs> I remember there was video of that. I thought there was video of that where the yeah. people were standing in the train station, and all of a sudden here comes the train just into the into the last stop of the train station, by the way, and just didn't slow down. And just and all of a sudden it just, just yeah, it looks like it's on. jumping up. The, yeah, looks like it's jumping up the stairs almost. Uh, right. I do remember trying get, that. It's trying to get on the escalator and, and trying to run and catch its flight. Yeah. What it looked like. <laughs> so yeah, that's a, that, that's a, that's a yeah, good run a little runaway train analogy there for uh, for the Giants this season. Yeah, a bit of a mess. Um, but what else? Uh, what else jumped out at you here before we? Uh, you know, cause I'm sure we want to give ourselves our full time here for the picks. Oh yeah, definitely get to the pick. Um, I guess the the trio of of games that were the the easy highlights of the week, uh, we we should yeah. sort of evaluate and break down what we saw out of those games. Uh, the Vikings and the same Falcons 
uh, outfit that that game was also surprisingly uh, under. Uh, but uh, I think that kind of went the way we we thought it would. That Minnesota sort of physically asserted themselves and, and dominated the Falcons. Yeah, Minnesota looks like. I, I've been sort of hinting at it for a while, but I think that Minnesota looks like the best best team in the NFC because I, I trust them more than I trust Philadelphia right now. I mean, the Vikings, you just you look at them, and something just something just seems like it's it's going their way. You know, all signs are pointing to Minnesota right now in, in a really good way. Their defense is is top notch and you know, and their offense is doing enough and in game, even in this game, they didn't have to do a ton, but when you, cause when you hold the Falcons to nine, you, you don't have to do that much. Just, just give me a couple right. touchdowns. Yeah. Field goals aren't going to win you the game unless you're the 49ers. So at that point, you know, they hold the, they hold the Falcons were coming off a three game win streak. Their, their offense looked like it was high flying again. And the Vikings came in and just said, nah, no, nope, this shit ends right now. And that was, and that was over. Falcons couldn't get anything going, settled for three field goals. Pretty, pretty sad offensive performance by them, but the Vikings do that to a lot of people. And I think they're going to continue doing that. And then with the Eagles losing up in Seattle, as we both predicted, um, mm-hmm. That puts the Vikings right in that conversation now for that top seed. That's right. And Minnesota, the way they did it, too, uh, very impressive. Julio Jones coming off of a week in which he was catching everything in the air, no matter who was, where it was going, no matter where Matty Ice put it, he was grabbing it. And he's capable of having those type of games. And the Vikings just said, no, we're not allowing that this time. And, and, uh, if he wasn't trying to run away from Xavier Rhodes on like little underneath drag routes and stuff, he, he wasn't, he wasn't getting open. And it was very surprising to see that, but that's, uh, as you said, that's what the Vikings do to a lot of teams and a lot of number one receivers. They were very physical with the Falcons and the Falcons sort of physically wilted as, as we've talked about. They are built light on purpose in, in Dan Quinn's image. They, they want to be light and fast in everything they do. And that's, fine against most teams, but against the Vikings who are just so physically dominant, uh, it didn't work out for them. Uh, and, and the Vikings really sort of put them in a sleeper hold and, and choked them out the whole night or the whole, uh, the, the whole afternoon, I should say. Yeah. I mean, the game was, the game was clearly competitive. The Falcons had that nine, seven lead going into the fourth quarter Vikings, you know, but once you once the Vikings reclaimed the lead, once they got that second touchdown, you never really felt like, it was going to go Atlanta's way. I, I I never got that feeling, even with the Falcons at nine seven. Kicking field goals is not going to beat the Vikings. No. No, it, it was uh, not the the Falcons type of game. Obviously, is that it, when it, they're playing the Vikings style of game and they happen to catch a, a lead in th- early early in the third quarter, but you kind of knew that the Vikings were going to sort of hunt them down, and uh, I. I I'll admit when it got to nine and I didn't think that was it. I didn't think they were through scoring the entire afternoon, but they wound up not scoring any more points the entire afternoon. But uh, yeah, very impressive showing by the Vikings. Yeah. So that, that was, uh, but that was my, that was my lock. <laughs> you you were a little stunned that I went that way, but yeah. you know, the way my locks had, the way my locks had been going, Thought I'd shake it up a little bit. I felt very strongly that the Vikings were the better team going down there, even going into a tough place to play on the road in the dome against a team that had won three in a row. 
I thought it was going to be the Vikings' day, and uh, they they carried me through. It took it took you, until the very last play of the game for your lock to to come through. <laughs> that was an all timer right there. I, uh, I at least we didn't differ lucky. on that one. At least we didn't differ on that one. Although you do owe me for that cheap cover that I got with uh, Jacksonville and Cleveland. Um, oh, it was very similar, right? The last minute just didn't matter at all. And, oh, look at there. There's a touchdown that swings the entire uh, result of the, of the point spread. Right. Uh, yeah, but that happened I'll, in the, in the it. Tennessee game, too. So, at that point, it gave us both a win and uh, got you your lock. <laughs> yeah, right. But, again, I'm, 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 for I'm, anyone who didn't see, I'm third down. Yeah, the Titans it's continue to be got... unimpressive even in winning. Oh. Oh my goodness! Are they, they the uh, least impressive? Are they the least that. impressive eight and fourteen that you've seen? <laughs> yeah, sort of, because I keep waiting for this offense to sort of gel and look a lot better than it has. And they, 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 they haven't done it. They don't know when they're going to do it. Don't know if they're they're going to do it this year at all. But they just keep kind of struggling along. And uh, yeah, they're they're up on Houston, uh, seventeen thirteen. They have a third down. Houston's out of timeouts, and Houston needs to get a stop. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, you're not watching. You're not paying attention. Uh, Drew Brees no. was, was trying to drive to to win the game and winds up throwing a, an end zone interception because Matty Ice threw an end zone interception in the first half, and I guess Drew Brees wanted to match him. So there you go. Wow. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I'm sitting here, and the updates on my phone are a little slow. So the last yeah. time I looked, it was uh, the Saints were at the 11-yard line. Yep. Um, so I, I guess there's a there's an upcoming pick here. <laughs> That's what there you're there saying. There's a, there's it, yeah, wow. Uh, Deion Jones the, interception uh, right in the middle there. That could be a huge uh, season-saving pick there for the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Gets them, you know, they lost today all those wild card edges that they held would uh, start right. evaporating because now you know because then there are teams even right now with Seattle clearly a game out in front of them. Um, Atlanta's got to try to also run that table inside the division and beating the Saints would go a long way towards that. So they uh, get them again lighten. in two weeks. That's right. Uh, so lightning fast uh, versus the Vikings, not so much, but against the Saints, that, yep. that's looking yeah. like it's going to work out for them. And that's also overcoming well, – at this point, we don't know. I mean, there's still a minute and a half to go. The Saints got a couple timeouts. Yeah. Um, that's overcoming if they win three Matt Ryan interceptions. You don't right. do that very often. You do, you know, Teams that lose the turnover battle that, that drastically um, don't usually win the game. So if the Falcons can, can squeak one out, kind of steal one here in their own building, that's um, a big win. The Saints are starting to – Saints are starting to show some – some chinks in the armor. Um, they, they looked good against the Panthers, uh, but I think that the Panthers are a bit of fool's gold this year too. I mean, I would say that the Panthers and the Titans might might have to share duties for least impressive eight and four teams. <laughs> uh, yeah, this actual scenario in, in the game is very much similar to the Titans one that I was about to describe. So it's funny uh, that the Falcons are, are driving, quote unquote, driving to to win the game because they have the lead and if they get a first down it'll be over because of the timeout situation 
and the Titans were driving, and if they got a first down, it would be over because of the timeout situation. They were driving against Houston, and Derrick Henry decides to go left on third down, yeah. and the, the Texans are selling out up the middle trying to stop him to, to force the fourth down, and there's nobody there as he goes left, and he just goes all the way to the end zone. All the way, yeah. The, like an 82 or 83-yard touchdown run. It was, and, and it was just, a long way. For a big guy, for a guy, he's not the fastest guy on the field. Oh, but when he gets in open space, baby, oh, yeah. and I'm just that's sitting there with my arms in the air, going, "Yeah, yeah, that's the cover right there, cheapest cover ever. I'll take it." <laughs> I, I took it too because every win, I, I need every win I can get. So I was, I was right there along with you. Um, so. Uh, I know you wanted to talk about the highlight games, but I got to get this in here, man. Fuck the Steelers. Just fuck. Them. <laughs> they did it again. They did it again. That game. And not oh only did gosh. they do it, they did it after we admitted this is what they do. Yeah. That, that was, that so was there's no one to blame but me and you, right? No, no one to blame but you and I for picking the Steelers, thinking that Mike Tomlin had them all pumped up and he was, you know, all this stuff, all this coach speak. That no, it's the Steelers are still going to play the level of their competition, even against the Bengals, who are terrible, and the Steelers are basically losing for the vast majority of that game, and then they just wake up and go, oh, oh yeah. Wait, we're better than these guys. Let's go win and again escape with a victory. But no way in hell they covered. And at, oh, they did it again. I'm done with these guys. <laughs> ah. The Saints got a defensive penalty for the automatic first down, so the Falcons are now kneeling this one out. So we get this Thursday night win in our pockets. So that's good. All right. Uh, in the, both, in of the us, Steelers, both of us, both of us are pretty close on the margin there. You know, I had it by two, you had it by three. So, mm-hmm. hey, good for us. Start the week off with a win <laughs> for a change. Always, always good. Yeah, exactly. In Pittsburgh's defense, Brian Shazier, the poor guy. The yeah. moment that injury happens, Cincinnati find some brains somewhere. They, they're usually not very bright, but they find some intelligence and they just start running all over the Steelers, right up the middle, right where Shazier would be filling the hole and, and making those tackles and turns the entire game around because now Cincinnati has a game plan and a strategy that they didn't have before. And it didn't even matter that their running back, Joe Mixon got his ass knocked out too, because they got Giovanni Bernard back there. Who's used to, playing in these games and being in these big situations. Uh, that really did change the entire complexity of the game. Cincinnati, I don't think, would have done much on offense if Shazier was there to fill the holes and force Andy Dalton into uh, longer third-down situations. I think that was the whole key to the game, and I think we both would have liked to have seen Dalton in third-and-long situations because we know what usually happens to Andy Dalton in third-and-long situations. The Steelers would have had a lot of success against him. It really did change the whole game when Shazier went down. And the Steelers could have won such a, an ugly, slugfest, bloody type of, of, of contest that was. But it's really hard to win an ugly slugfest when your best tackler and the best defender on your team is, is a paraplegic. So that's yeah. the defense I guess I would give to Pittsburgh is they, they really did play hard. They really did 
it looked like to me they did play up to the to the to the Bengals level. They just didn't have the horses to stop Cincinnati from from doing what they wanted to do, and as a result, had to make a wild rally and come back and win that game late. Still didn't cover the number, but uh, I, I don't think I, I don't think they played down to, to Cincinnati. I really don't. I think they, they got dirty like Cincinnati. They played down to their level in that respect, if you want to criticize that. They did not have to get down and dirty with them. The Juju Smith-Schuster sort of overreacting and overheating at the moment and, and throwing cheap shots of his own. You don't have to do that against the Bengals, but they sort of lost their minds and did that. But as far as coming in and underestimating Cincinnati, I don't think they did that at all. I think they came in knowing what they were in for because the Bengals play like this every time they play the Steelers. Yeah, and it's also ironic that in a game marked with that chippiness, you know, where you had Antonio Brown getting his head taken off in the end zone, and then you had uh, Juju uh, lay out Vontez perfect and, and then taunt him, which is even better. Uh, because if anybody deserves it, it's it's Vontez perfect, right? I mean, no, but you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But somebody, you know, if karma is going to get you, uh, it got Vontez perfect in that moment. But ironically, it's Ryan Shazier who ends up basically getting the spine buster because he just mm-hmm. dove into the back of the receiver and kind of hit him in like in the kidney area with the top of his head and just the, it sent the shockwaves down and all of a sudden he lays on the ground and goes straight to his back. You know, he, he just, you just immediately see him laying there reaching for his back. You don't usually see guys, you know, on, on a tackle or a hit to the head who are all of a sudden reaching three quarters of the way down their back. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, guy, poor guy. I mean, he's top player on their defense. He's done for good. I, I don't, you know, I mean, had surgery. Had, they had, he had surgery uh, today or last night to stabilize his spine. So I, that's not something you do to get ready to play back, football though. again. Yes, but spine stability is kind of important. So at this point, your goal doesn't become get back on the field. Your goal becomes walk again someday. Yes. Um, so that's a sad story. And, and you know, and, and, and it was also the least violent. The irony is that it was the least violent looking of those three plays. Yeah, that's true. He, he was just trying to dive in and make a tackle. He just, yes. but you know, the, the thing that things went the wrong way. Yeah, one of those things that sticks out to me, though, is they're just not really, you know, with all this emphasis on the hard-hitting and action, is just so much bad tackling. There's so many guys who are putting their heads down into these tackles who aren't tackling face-up, you know. It, this is just It's, it's not going to get any better if these guys just keep diving head-first um, into each other. Well, at the same time, I don't... I don't think it's realistic to run as fast as you can at somebody and then all at the last second jack your your upper body up and and, and tackle face up. I really don't think that's realistic. I think the NFL has gotten a lot of uh, kids to to keep playing football whose moms maybe would have pulled them out of football because they keep preaching this heads up tackling stuff and saying, yeah, we're teaching them how to tackle safer now. So really, it's okay if you're getting. There's no such thing as tackling safe when you're running that fast or when someone's running that fast at you. It's just right. not not realistic. So uh, it's amazing stuff like this doesn't happen even more. I think that just shows how incredible of a, of a shape and a condition these guys are in, that stuff like that doesn't happen actually even more often. 
especially considering it's their shape and their conditioning that creates more violent hits because these guys are faster, you know, they're faster, they're bigger. Um, they're, they're, they're so lean and, you know, and just like honed to like an edge that not only do you see the fragility with a lot of, with all these, uh, non-contact injuries, you know, the turf monster just reaching up, you know, popping ACLs on guys for no reason. Um, but also that the, the, you know, the pads are small. I was thinking about that. Look at how small the pads are now. Like you look back to like, think back to like Singletary wearing those line, you know, wearing those big pads. A lot of these, a lot of those, you know, and you see these guys now and even the defensive players and the big guys are wearing these little tiny pads and it makes everybody even faster and, makes the hits right. harder. The bigger bigger pads actually slow you down more, which actually takes a lot of the, you know, takes a lot of that kinetic energy away. Um so yeah, I'm with that all smaller pads. Well, yeah, but with that, you know, maybe the NFL needs to start looking into bulking these guys up a little bit, slowing the game down a little bit. We'd still no, love football. You, Don't get me wrong, we'd still love it. You know damn well they want this speed, they want this violence, they want this at the level that it's at right now. This is part of why there's record numbers of viewers watching football now. They weren't breaking records when viewership when Brian Cox was wearing that big neck roll and that big plastic thing over his head, and that that was a, that was a different yeah. time. And I don't think they're ever going back to that time. And you think you think back just even two three years ago that that crackback, you know that that that. Black that block on uh, Vontez Perfect that would have been perfectly legal. Sure. I mean, this yeah. was the first year when you and I were reading the point of emphasis uh, for this year that this was the one that the players said they wanted, which was the blind, you know, the block on the blind side of these guys who were, you know, chasing the play, looking the other direction, and all of a sudden somebody just steps in the way and <laughs> lights them up. And now you see why they wanted that crackdown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. totally understand that. Yeah, there's nothing worse. I mean, you, you and I have both played football. There's nothing worse than looking one direction, chasing chasing somebody, and somebody you don't see wow. all of a sudden just, yeah, you don't even see them. Vontaze yeah. Perfect saw the ball carrier, and then he saw the sky. That was it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he even saw Juju Smith-Schuster. Well, he saw him when he was standing over him, probably saying some uh, some blue words. Saw his nuts for a second there, uh, but well, I don't saw, think he, that he saw some dumplings. He was looking for some dumplings, I think. <laughs> uh, to your point, I don't think that that uh, Juju Smith Schuster does that to anyone other than Vontez Burfitt. I think oh, he does that because, you know, because it's Vontez Burfitt. Yeah, his 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 answer after the game. Oh, I didn't know it was hit. No, you knew. You knew <laughs> who it was. Public enemy number one. You're telling me you just lit that guy up and you didn't know it? Like if that was just some random, you know, you know, backup third string guy or something like that, or no, you knew exactly who it was that you just did that to, and you let him know it. Yeah, that's fine. He graduates into the same uh, class as the the pitchers who drilled somebody, and they say, "Well, the ball yeah. slipped." I, I didn't mean to do that. The ball just slipped out of my hand. Yeah. Sure it did. And he didn't know who that was. Sure, kid. No. Uh-huh. But yeah, the whole the whole uh the whole Shazier thing, uh boy, you just hope that turns out. You you don't want this to be a Hall of Infamy guy. Let's just let's just say that. <laughs> oh. 
uh, it's, it's, um, I think we all know it's not going to turn out very well. And we know that because of how out in front everyone in the NFL loves to get with these types of things. They want to update you every second, every bit of uh, improvement that a guy does when he gets a hit like that, because they don't want you to dwell and think about how awful the game really is for a human being. And the fact that they can't give you any positive updates means that it's bad. And we all know it's bad. And yeah. It, it really, really, really sucks that we had to witness a guy's career end right there on national TV in front of everybody. And it extra sucks for the Steelers for just basically uh, selfish reasons that that's their best defender. Yeah. And without oh, him, yeah, they're totally, completely, completely I, different. Dare I say it totally cripples their defense. Oh, dude. <laughs> Way too soon. Oh, my God. That was Jay. That was not Dre. Send all your hate mail to Jay. He's, uh, <laughs> he's, on, he's on Twitter at IMLDJTG. That was Jay. Oh, boy. That that, not Dre. All the, all the Steelers saying, Bryce from Brooklyn is about to light your ass up, man. You, I'm telling you. It's, you you are bringing down the to our show. Five years of this, people. <laughs> I'm not changing. Right. <laughs> this is not new for you. There is no such thing as too soon with you. That's uh, that, that's well established. Um, speaking of cheap shots, how about that Rob Gronkowski? Huh? Oh, you know, you know. Yeah, you. Yeah, no. I, I'll let you go first because I think we're both of the same opinion on this one. Yeah, probably. And I and I'll, I'll try not to go on too long about it, but there is no fucking way. This guy gets only a one-game suspension if he's not Rob Gronkowski because they've given him such a pass throughout the years, the NFL in general and the Patriots in particular, for everything that he's done. He is such a frat boy, and they have just partied it up with him. They just love everything he does. He's Gronk. He's a party animal. He's a dude, man. He's a man's man. The shit that he did on that – cruise on that it wasn't a sex boat quote unquote it wasn't there, there weren't any uh double dong dildos being passed around that i'm aware of but go back and google gronk's cruise and and some of the stuff that he did on that cruise in today's climate right now with all the sexual harassment stuff going on that dude might be in jail at the moment for the stuff that he was doing and it just completely gets passed over and swept under the rug because he's gronk and everyone loves gronk that cheap shot that he took on tredavious white completely ridiculous the guy's laying out of bounds on his stomach and he decides to run up with an elbow in the back of the head like it's a fucking MMA fight man this is that guy is 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 he's a he's a grown up in with a with a child's mentality he is a, a 20 something 28 29 year old man with the mentality of a 5 year old and he gets away with so much shit and there's no way that suspension would have been that light if it was say Vontez perfect for example if it was somebody that has the reputation for dirty play like that but he gets away with everything and, and his that, that that play was absolutely disgusting i'm gonna try no, that was Vontez perfect that was perfect that's three or four games easy yeah that's the rest of the season exactly yeah yeah i mean and this is this is the same rob gronkowski i seem to remember throwing haymakers at the end of a super bowl that's right and what punishment you know, did so, he get for that 
No, not well, you know, that, that whole thing got chippy at the end. There, there was a lot of punches thrown at the end of that Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl that, the, that, that we just are going to con- conveniently just gloss over. And we're going to forget all about that last minute of kneel downs in that Patriots-Seahawks Super Bowl when every kneel down turned into a melee brawl. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think a flag was thrown during that whole sequence. They were just letting guys fight. You know, and even the announcer was like, "Whoa, well, you know, the Seahawks are the Seahawks are watching their yeah every 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 playoff setting flags. You know, the Patriots yeah. are you know the Seahawks are watching their season go up completely in flames. And the announcers are like, "Well, these guys are you know, they're they're mad. They're letting off the steam. And you got Rob Gronkowski out there throwing haymakers. And, and mm-hmm. you know and that whole thing got completely ugly. But then what what I what I saw him do to that kid just laying on the ground after he made a play didn't do anything. Didn't do anything to Gronkowski. Guy just made a play. Plays over, and then Gronkowski just decides, out of the clear blue sky, oh, you know, I'm just going to dive and put my uh, elbow into the basically into the neck of this guy. And, uh, yeah, okay. no, it was, yeah. And the guy who it happened to is not is not forgiving. I mean, he pretty much came out today saying, you know what, Gronk's, Gronk's a dirty player. We all know it now. You can see it. It's right there for everybody to see. Um, no, it was completely ridiculous that they only gave him a game. And if, it, if we, you know what, if we didn't have all the other stuff that had happened in that Pittsburgh Cincinnati game, where they started, where, where they uh, were suspending people, and then not suspending the guy who hit Antonio Brown because of some, you know, he was ducking his head, whatever. Um, but if the, if there wasn't all of that going on, where the spotlight was on it, I bet you get, Gronk would have gotten away with it scot free. Uh, well, just a penalty. I thought you were gonna go the other. I thought you were gonna go the other way. I thought no. you were gonna say if it wasn't all the dirty stuff with the with the Steelers that Gronk might have had more of a spotlight on how dirty his play was. But because it no, wasn't I think alone, that I, this past week, yeah. right. I think because there was more. So yeah, I think we were, I think because there was more of it, it was sort of magnified. The, the league almost had to do something because they couldn't look at it and go, well, you know, we're gonna suspend uh, this guy. But uh, we're gonna let Gronk get a pat. No, we got. Sorry, Gronk, we got to suspend you. But we're only gonna suspend you for one game. You know, the the meaningless game here against the Dolphins, because that next game you play is against the Steelers. And oh, he's know. not missing that. That's, we're not gonna have you miss that one. Yeah, when people talk about college programs that that are dirty and rotten to the core, such as I don't know the Louisville basketball program. And they talk about the death penalty and and when is the NCAA going to bring it? Because if a program deserves a death penalty, if you if you have hookers in the dorms for your players and your coach is busy fucking hose bags at a restaurant, uh, if, if there's a if there's a program that deserves a death penalty, I think it would be Louisville, and it's not going to happen. And the reason is because it's just, it's all about Vince McMahon in the house. It's all about the money. They can't put Louisville off TV with all those games uh, that if they got the death penalty and missed a whole season of basketball, there's too much money that the, the, the rest of the, of the conference would lose by not having Louisville basketball on TV on ESPN and ABC and all those other things. So it, it's simply all about the, you, you're too big to fail almost now. You know? It's all about the money. It's all about the money. So same thing with Gronkowski. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. I, 
didn't mean to play the whole clip there. I did hit pause. The computer just didn't feel like <laughs> stopping. You know, sometimes you get it rolling and it just does. It has a mind of its own. Yeah, Gronk's not missing that Steelers game because it's all about the money and he's going to play in that game because it's a big uh, telecast for 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 the NFL that weekend. So he, all the all hands will be on deck for that game. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster will be back from his suspension for that game. Uh, Ryan Shazier will be. Uh, they, they might wheel him out for that game if he's uh, able to make it out to, out of his house by that point. Uh, yeah, that that's going to be. It's all about making money, and it's all about the the the, the network partners and, and all the sponsors. Everything is about money these days. It really is. But that's that's sort of an aside, as as we tend to do here. It's sort of a non sequitur. But yeah, back to that that Gronk kid. That was just dirty and cheap and, and disgusting and, and, and completely blatant too. It's not like it was a football play and he got a little out of control. That was the, the players, the guys laying down out of bounds. Somebody else on the Patriots ran to touch him down before Gronk got there. Uh, and he didn't even have to do that because the guy's already laying out of bounds. And then Gronk comes out of nowhere and decides to just drive his elbow into the back of the guy's head. That yeah, he, He's going to do that to the wrong guy someday. Uh, and and the guy is not going to not only not going to be forgiving, but him and his boys are going to pay a visit to Gronk, and, and we're going to find out how tough Gronk is at that point. Yeah, I, I do believe uh, Patriots play the Bills again here this year, so we do get to see if we got some baseball unwritten rules action going on in that in that Uh-oh. rematch. I didn't mean just to saying, throw at him. The ball slipped out of my hand. I, I just I would just say if I was Gronkowski, I would not be in the run block at all. Because that dude's gonna get high load. I'm just saying, going to have you don't yeah don't let him get in the mix with any of those offensive linemen because yeah, someone's getting the knees taken out. No, no doubt. At least uh, you briefly mentioned the uh, Eagles Seahawks game. Yeah, the yeah. the ten and one Eagles are flying high. Nobody can beat them. And the Seahawks are just as low as they can go. The, the Legion of Room, and what are they going to do when the Eagles come to town? And, well, Russell Wilson's going to keep doing what Russell Wilson does, and then the Seahawks are going to win another big game. And yeah, the Eagles were—I uh, guess they weren't ready for prime time. Huh? Well, the Seahawks do this every year. They wait and wait and wait, and then they finally kind of just round into form. They take the whole season approach that the that the Steelers take with every game. They just look like crap for the longest period of time, and you write them off, and then you start building towards the playoffs, and hey, look who's there again. It's the Seahawks. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if the Seahawks just go on a roll here, you know, possibly even catch the Rams and and just roll right into the playoffs again, and we'll be a tough out for somebody. I love how unstoppable Jimmy Graham is making himself right now with that sort of box-out, rebound position type of, of posting up in the end zone. You, you can't stop that. No defender can stop that when he decides to post up and take that ball down from the air. So however many years it took Russell Wilson and Jimmy Grant to get on the same page, they are definitely on the same page now. Yeah, it wasn't working for the first, you know, actually they got better after Jimmy Graham got hurt in that first year together. Um, no, they, they, they've, they've unlocked the secret, which is Jimmy Graham – just go run a hook route, get position on a guy, and Russell Wilson's accurate enough to put the ball right where it needs to be. Yeah, how about Wilson just scrambling around, making plays? You, you can't hold him down. He's 
a lot of talk for him for possible MVP this year. I'm sure you heard the stat somewhere because I've heard it in several different places all week that the Seahawks, of all their touchdowns on offense that they've scored this year, Russell Wilson is responsible for all of them except for one. Yeah, he's accounted for all of them except for one. Counted for some ridiculous percentage of their offense too. You know, like eighty percent of their mm-hmm. offense is all run through Russell Wilson, either with his arms or his legs. It is almost obscene. And he's holding that whole thing together by himself. That defense is missing two of their best players. And you look at these plays that he's making in games. I mean, he's doing it all. I mean, he's evading the rush. He's extending plays. He's making sort of these miracle throws. He's doing it behind an awful offensive line. We were we were talking about Aaron Rodgers getting killed, but Russell Wilson was the other guy who we've been waiting for to get killed by his offensive line. And he he's just wily enough that he hasn't let it happen yet. It's incredible. I do want to give the Eagles credit for uh, they didn't just completely get steamrolled by Seattle. They they fought back. Uh, they opened the third quarter with a very impressive long drive. They went for it on fourth down. Uh, they they had Carson Wentz scrambling around and sort of pirouetting and doing almost a Russell Wilson imitation. All you know that, but that's his game too. It's not like he just saw Russell Wilson doing it and decided to imitate it. That's Carson Wentz's game as well. He likes to escape and and break out of pressure and break out of the pocket and do some crazy stuff as well. And got all the way to the end zone and fumbled through the back of the end zone. And that really turned any momentum that the Eagles were looking for around. But they, they showed me something in that fight. They showed me that they were uh, not ready for prime time. They, they weren't up to the challenge and sort of the big spotlight, but they, they weren't afraid. And they certainly gave Seattle all that they could handle once they sort of got ready and, and got their wits about them, uh, they just couldn't uh, find the points that they needed in the end. No, and it's been coming so easy for the Eagles this year. It's never easy going up to Seattle when Seattle is starting to round into form or when they're right. Early in the season, they were had up there a couple times. You know, Washington got them. Houston should have had them. Um I, I, but you and I were both all over that one. And we were, but probably wasn't the popular pick. I think everybody's looking at the Eagles, you know, flying high and Seahawks kind of wounded. But that's sort of the time when you want to take the Seahawks. Just saying. Well, Philly, Philly was giving five at the time that we made the pick. And like yeah. I said, Seattle as a five-point dog in their house is, is at yeah. this point, with all that they've done in the, in the Pete Carroll that's era, that, that's just, that's just You're crazy. asking for it. You're asking for it at that point. And they got it. Uh, and one more big game from last weekend, the, the Panthers go to New Orleans. This one I definitely had wrong. I thought Carolina would give New Orleans more of a fight, and New Orleans pretty much took it to them the entire game. Yeah, I wasn't stunned. Um, that was one of the few um, that I did have right, and I, I was all over the Saints. Uh, the Panthers, like I said, the Panthers kind of fool's gold. You know, I talked about how unimpressive they are at eight and four. Uh, I could, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see them continue to slide. Well, they certainly will if they keep playing that zone defense that they were playing against the Saints. That was Swiss cheese. That was just crazy. Yeah, it doesn't get any easier for them. And they still get the Falcons again. They got a tough game this week. Um, mm-hmm. Who they got this week? Carolina's got. Uh, where am I looking here? Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, it's not, it's not an easy one. That's pretty tough. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know what else we want to talk about uh, for week 13. Uh, the Rams did not let down as we uh, thought nope. they might. Sammy Watkins, Jared Goff, and the Rams, they, they uh, helped out naturally by Blaine Gabbard's play, but they, they roll over Arizona. I was just seeing seeing how you gave us 90 minutes here for the live show. Um, figured we'd want to get into the get into the picks here with uh, 38 minutes to go. That's yeah, probably a very good idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm always watching the time. I got otherwise we will uh, spend the whole 90 minutes just talking about the recap and do do 16 picks in 90 seconds. <laughs> uh, I was late getting on yet again, so we. Uh, didn't figure out any highlight games, so we could probably just go with the, uh, the the couple that are obvious here. Yeah, I see. We've got uh, yeah. There's there's some really easy ones. There's two very easy ones. Uh, big NFC matchups this week. That's right. Uh, yeah, we'll just we'll, we'll go with those two and then wing it from there. Uh, so that would be Minnesota and Carolina, and then uh, Philadelphia against the Rams yeah. later on. Who would have told me in week 14 that we'd be talking about the Eagles and the Rams? My God. (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to that second. Best two scoring offenses as well uh, in football. Yeah. Um, Have you heard the whistle? I've hit it twice, but apparently it's not. uh, I haven't. So we're probably going to get just like bombarded with whistle sounds here. So. Yeah, exactly. Three whistles in a row. Um. Yeah, there's something going on because I'm I'm clicking it, and nothing nothing's happening. So I've so I've got a couple clicks in there too. I think Block Talk Radio is mad about my joke. <laughs> we we may we may we may not be live anymore. We may have been kicked off the air for that. For, for yeah, they're going to disable our show. <laughs> uh, so we'll pretend like the whistle has blown, and we'll uh, get to breaking down the rest of Week 14, starting with. Uh, Minnesota versus Carolina. The ten and two Minnesota Vikings are five and one on the road, and the train just keeps rolling along for them. They look very much in the hunt to take the number one spot in the NFC home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and definitely would not have picked this before the season. But actually lining up to have a really good, legitimate shot to be the first team to ever host a Super Bowl because the yeah. Super Bowl this year is taking place in Minneapolis. So I never thought it would uh, would happen and sure, surely didn't think it would happen with the Vikings, but it's very early. It's still very early in the process here it, on, uh, in early December on December 7th, but it, it's possible. Uh, they will go to Carolina. The Panthers are eight and four after that loss in New Orleans last week. They are three and two at home this year, and they are fighting and trying to keep up with the Saints and the Falcons. The Falcons now with the same number of wins as the Panthers, and the Saints are one game ahead of uh, both of them at the moment, one win ahead of them. So Carolina really would like to have this win to move up to nine and four and tie the Saints at the top of the NFC South. Public does not believe much in the Panthers' uh, chances to do that because Minnesota is the road favorite. Minnesota gives two and a half points at Carolina. Jason, who you got? Yeah, I don't think I've uh, been hiding 
where you think I'm going to go with this pick. I absolutely I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings here. There's nothing that the Panthers I don't think will be able to do into that Minnesota defense. I mean, that Minnesota defense isn't just strong in the secondary or strong up front. They're strong at both levels. Cam Newton doesn't have the weapons, I don't think, to exploit anything in that Minnesota secondary, which is, you know, look at what they just did to Atlanta. I mean, they just took a, you know, top-tier NFL offense and pretty much made them look like chumps on the road. And I have a feeling they're going to do it again this time on the road in Carolina. I mean, Carolina's only offense in running out to this eight and four season has been Cam Newton running the ball. If Cam Newton calls his own number too many times in this game, he's not going to be finishing this game. Cam, yeah, he's going to be full on dumplings sitting on the sideline under the little blue tent. Um, they're going to have to figure something out to get the ball moving against this Minnesota defense. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it. Um, it's not going to take a mammoth effort from the Minnesota offense. The best offense will be their defense. And as long as they can contain that running game of the Panthers, which is good, I don't think they'll have any problem doing that. I think they'll be able to contain that running game stop that passing game from getting anything going because Carolina's passing game hasn't been much to write home about um, at all this season. And they're, they're, you know, they traded off their best piece. We talked about that several times on the show already, which, you know, now it's Devin Funchess. I don't think anybody in the Vikings locker room or in their film sessions is scared by Devin Funchess. Just saying. So you put all those things together. I'm not going to lock this one down but I'm going to take the Vikings and give the points. Yeah, we talked about what happened after they traded Kelvin Benjamin to Buffalo. We we watched and sort of marveled at the transition of that team, the Panthers, from uh, trying to be balanced and, and have Cam Newton develop into a quarterback that can strike you from a couple of different angles, running and passing and, and scaling back a little bit on the running. It looked like they were trying to protect him and, and – keep them healthier at the beginning of this year to all of a sudden let's get rid of Kelvin Benjamin and turn into a run game, run heavy, dependent on the the, the ground attack offense that features a lot of Cam Newton calling his own number as part of that running attack, which is, is really is a complete 180 from what they were trying to do at the beginning of the year, it looked like. Now, maybe they just decided this isn't working and Cam's throwing three interceptions and looking hurt and not looking like himself. So we're going to get him involved more because maybe he needs to be involved more so that we can get the full Cam Newton. Perhaps that's the conversation that went down. Uh, I don't know. I uh, I wasn't privy to it, but it sure has been a a complete transformation of that offense. I got a pro football focus that sort of points out what that offense has been this year. Who on that team has a, a generated the best passer rating as far as their targets go? You look at their receiving core, the now injured Curtis Samuel, 68.6 passer rating when throwing to him. How about Russell Shepard, 77.1? The aforementioned Devin Funches, 94 passer rating. That's pretty good. That's not the best on the team. The receiver on the team that's generated the best passer rating is the running back Christian McCaffrey, the rookie running back. That was actually, so not... actually going to be my guess. <laughs> yeah. 
they're not getting it on the ground from their actual running backs. They're getting their running backs contributing in, in the passing game because that's how much help they need in the passing game. Their actual receiving targets aren't doing what they're supposed to do. So McCaffrey's been, I guess, much more valuable uh, in that vein. So uh, it's a little bit of the Panthers breakdown because we've talked a lot about the Vikings uh, on this show already. Um, but I'm going to concur with you. Uh, Mike Zimmer, since he's come to the job, has had a couple of cracks at Carolina and Cam Newton. Last year, in week three, Minnesota went to Carolina. They beat them 22-10 to 10 down in Charlotte. They forced Cam into zero touchdowns and three interceptions. And in 2014, up in Minnesota, Carolina went there and got beat down 31-13. to 13. Cam only had 194 yards passing in that game with a touchdown and an interception. And the thing about it is this offense for the Vikings and Mike Zimmer is by far the best Mike Zimmer has had in these meetings with the Panthers. Because in one of those games, the, the Vikings won despite a terrible outing by Sam Bradford. In another game, they won despite a terrible outing by Teddy Bridgewater. So Case Keenum right now, believe it or not, playing much better than either one of those two guys. And that's, uh, again, the, the continuing surprise of the season is what Case Keenum has been doing. So I will agree with you uh, and take the Vikings down in Charlotte. My whistle still isn't working. Whistle. Whistle, whistle. Tweet. And our second highlight game that we're going to look at tonight will be the Eagles and the Rams. It seems like those two teams are uh, sort of in this long round-robin tournament the last three or four weeks of just going around and playing a bunch of top NFC teams and, and seeing how they measure up against them and now they get to play each other. As the Eagles will go out west to the Rams, the 10-2 and two Eagles now, 10-1 and one before last week. They went to Seattle. They went out west and couldn't handle the bright lights, and now they get to go out west again. This is not a primetime game. This will be a late afternoon contest as they visit the 9-3 and three Los Angeles Rams. Philly is 4-2 and two on the road this year. The Rams are 3-2 and two at home if you don't count the London game as a home game, which I, of course, never do. The... Rams are only a two-point favorite at home against the Eagles. A very, very small line, not even the cop-out line. And the Eagles have earned that kind of respect to get a, lot, a point shaved off of that cop-out line. But that wouldn't have even been the case before last week against Seattle. If they went up to Seattle and won that game, best believe the 11-1 and Eagles would have been favored in this game against the, the 9-3 and Rams, no matter how hot the 9-3 and Rams have been playing. And they've been almost as hot as the Eagles lately. Uh, like I said, the top two scoring offenses in all of football, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Los Angeles Rams, two of the top quarterbacks in the league after what we saw last year are now Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. Goff and Wentz won two in that famous draft a few years ago. Uh, and uh, here they are performing the way that the scouts would think that they were going to perform being one and two in the draft. So they've come from a little ridicule in Wentz's case and a lot of ridicule in golf's case. And they've come up and now are playing their asses off and what a testament to their abilities and also what a testament to good coaching and good personnel decisions around them. Cause it's not a, it's not a matter of just raw talent getting it done. If it was, the Eagles wouldn't have collapsed last year and golf wouldn't have looked like the complete joke that he did last year. So a lot of things had to come together to make these guys 
as successful as they've been uh, here in their in their second year in the NFL. So uh, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long way for both of them. So congratulations to both, and, and very excited to to see what's going to happen to both of them in the playoffs to, to see how this breaks down. As far as this game goes, I, I think both of these sort of shocking teams haven't really faced stiff competition until this recent round uh, of round robin sort of games against top competition. I think they've they've had tough games here and there throughout the the, the first half of the season, but by and large, I guess I'm calling them both a little bit of paper champions. I think they both played uh, some some pretty bad teams and, and built up their big records like they have. So to see them playing stiffer games, stiffer competition, uh, I'm very excited to see that because I'm very excited to sort of break them both down and see what they're made of and, and get a little bit of a better uh, feel for what they're trying to do out there. Um, in, a, in a close contest that I think uh, has the potential to be pretty high scoring, I'm going to take the Rams because I think the Eagles are going to once again go out west uh, into a, a loud environment and take on a, a motivated team that's actually very good on the field. Uh, the Rams don't have the experience that the uh, Seahawks have in big games like that, but what they do have is the home field advantage and the Eagles. I just get more of a feeling for me that they're just they're, when they play tougher teams that are going to sort of hit them back and, and you know not get pushed around by them. Uh, looks to me like they, they have a, a little bit of an ability to wilt, uh, and like I said, they did uh, show me a little bit of something coming back against the Seahawks last week and showing a little bit of fight, but ultimately backing down and, and letting the Seahawks win that game. I think the same thing is going to happen this coming Sunday. I will take the two and a half points or just two, I'm sorry, just two points. And I will take the Los Angeles Rams at home. Yeah. Not a lot of drama here on the show so far tonight. I'm going to go right along with you and take the uh, LA Rams. I keep wanting to say St. Louis Rams. I'm going to take the LA Rams or the Clippers. Actually, the Clippers are the Chargers because uh, the Rams are clearly <laughs> the Rams are clearly going to be for the for the short time here. They're going to be even though the Lakers stink. They're going to be the Lakers in that town for a while. They're, they you know, they come in there as the hot team. Um, you know that that's a very bandwagon jumping fan base. <laughs> so the Rams will get all the push for as long as they're good. See, the, and the difference in this game for me, you know, because we looked at the Eagles, and it's very easy to give them some praise for sticking in and hanging in with Seattle and coming back on them. Seattle's a team that you're going to be able to do that to because, you know, the, the, the myth, uh, the mythology of that Seattle defense has actually turned into more of the myth of that Seattle defense. That defense can be had, and we've seen that quite often this year. The Rams, that's a different story. The Rams will get after. Excuse me. The Rams are going to get after them. They've got they've got the two big guys up front. They've got Donald and and uh, Quinn, who are going to make like life rough for Carson Wentz. So he's going to get that sort of two pronged attack. He's going to be running for his life the whole game. I, I think that this when you see these young teams and you see these teams that are sort of up and coming, it really can become a simple matter of home and away home splits. You know, if this game was being played in, in Philly, we'd probably be more likely to jump on board and swing that pick over to Philadelphia. But because this is the Eagles going out west, playing against a tough team that plays outstanding defense. We've talked about a few times on this show more recently about how the offensive explosion of the Rams has overshadowed how good that defense is. 
and it's it's absolutely true. The Rams can shut you down. This is what they were actually known for under Jeff Fisher was just the ability that they played amazing defense. Their offense was just always such a joke. And then they'd sneak up and they'd, they'd finish the, you know, six and 10, seven and nine. But when you actually looked at the Rams at the end of the season, a lot of their wins were quality. You know, they, they would actually jump up. They'd be the team that would take on those, you know, world champion Seattle teams and pretty much beat them once and almost manhandle them a second time. So I don't know if enough love is being given to the Rams defense. I'm trying to give the Rams defense as much love as I can on this show because they are legitimate. Mm-hmm. Are they legitimate enough that they're going to be able to, you know, carry this all the way through into a deep playoff run and into the Super Bowl? I don't know because I think that there are teams like the Vikings who will probably put up a pretty decent sized firewall against something like that happening that don't just have the talent, but they have the experience of having been there before. The Rams feel like the the Jaguars to me this year. That nice story, and they're going to get some nice run. They might make it into the playoffs, and when they lose, everyone's going to be all excited about the future for that team. So there will be no shame um, in losing once they make it there because everyone will just be so shocked that they're there. But in this situation, the Eagle, the Eagles – feel like a team, you know, that we've been waiting for, we've been waiting, right? We've been waiting for the Eagles to start to fall back to earth here. And then getting a little taste of it last week up in Seattle, kind of, you know, ending that run that they'd been on. Sometimes that's all it takes. So I, I could see that the Eagles go in here a little off their game after losing last week, which is a feeling that they hadn't had for a while. So I could see the Eagles going out to LA, getting getting a big, de- you know, good defense, come up, punch them in the mouth, and uh, send them packing back home with another loss. All right. Um, yeah, that, this whole thing is uh, this whole board is breaking down and not working the way uh, I want it to. So we're gonna have to yeah. just ignore that. As long as we're still on the air, let's just let's just stay on the air. <laughs> I think we're still on the air. I, it's not uh, working I for me either. So I'm not, yeah. I, I, when I've clicked the sound effects, I'm not getting anything either. So we're, either we're just going to get bombarded with whistles at some point here. <laughs> or it's, be just funny. Non, it's just not non responsive. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's the rest of week 14 and in, in even more less detail in, in 20 minutes time. Uh, by the way, I don't know if you've looked at the lines, but there's a couple of them that, because we're picking a little yeah. earlier in the week, we yeah. don't have a line for because there's quarterbacks. We have some off the board, yeah. And I looked. I really did look around and try to find lines. So there's a couple of games we're going to be picking uh, as pickums because they're off the board at the moment. First, we have Green Bay versus Cleveland, which is not off the board. Green Bay at 6-6, six and six, and, and boy, everyone's loving the Green Bay comeback because it means Aaron Rodgers moves a week closer to coming back too soon from his injury. Uh, the 6-6 six and six Panthers and three-point favorites at uh, the 0-12 Cleveland Browns. 0-12 Cleveland Browns. They got you a cover last week. Uh, I underestimated. I underestimated Josh Gordon coming back. Um, well, I think everyone did. Run. How could you see that coming? He was I actually once I ball out there. He was, and I think he's going to ball Cleveland to the win. Oh, how about that? The upset. It's got to happen somewhere, right? 
they, they got to get the one. I've been saying for the longest they got to get that one somewhere. I don't think it's going to happen here because I've actually been impressed by Brett Hundley. It seems like he got over the, the jitters after he first got that job, and now he's playing a, a little more relaxed. Maybe Aaron Rodgers told him to R-E-L-A-X. I, I don't know. Maybe he got in there and, and told him something. I don't, I don't know. He, he looks a little better than, than he did when he first started, so I will actually trust Brett Hundley in this spot. They can go with the Green Bay Packers. Wow. I kind of surprised myself by doing that. Uh, here's the two games that are off the board at the moment. Indianapolis and Buffalo, because the Bills don't know if Tyrod Taylor uh, is going to be able to make it out there. Uh, he's limping through practice. It's just never a good sign for your starting quarterback. So uh, there's a very good chance that Nathan Peterman could be starting for the Buffalo Bills on Sunday. I'm sorry for everyone who, who's a fan <laughs> of the Bills. And it's a pick'em. Um, so it's it's a pick. Indianapolis yeah. at three and nine, yeah. Buffalo six and six. It's it's a, it's off the board. It's a pick. I'm gonna. I, I'd feel like an idiot if I don't do a total contingency pick. If it's Peterman, yeah. I've got the Colts. If it's Taylor, I've got the Bills. So do I. Completely agree. Contingency pick. I had that written down before you even said it. Total contingency pick. I'm not dual taking Nathan Peterman. Dual contingency picks. I don't know. That might be a first. And that we agree with each is. other on both contingencies. We, it's the first yes. time ever here, folks. Unless that, someone that wants to go back and first. check all the tapes. <laughs> and then Detroit and Tampa Bay is off the board because Matthew Stafford has a banged up right hand and he's getting through practice. He, he looks decent from what I've been uh, reading on a line. So I think he's got a much better chance to make it than Tyrod Taylor does. But nonetheless, it's 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 still up in the air, so that's off the board. So Detroit at six and six at Tampa Bay, who's four and eight, that's off the board. So that's gonna be a pick 'em as well. Yeah, ESPN late to the party here finally flashed up a stat this year. Uh for that this year it flashed up on the screen today as it was going through on the the bottom line that said News flash, the Detroit Lions are five and zero against teams with losing records. No shit. <laughs> this is what the Lions do. Welcome to the party, guys. You know, we've only been talking about this for a couple of years now on our show. Therefore, I have to take the Lions because the Tampa Bay Bucks in a pick'em situation have a losing record, so the Lions have to win. I concur. No contingency with me either. Detroit Matthew Stafford with a busted hand is, is going to shred the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because that defense has been terrible. All right, moving on to games that have spreads again. Oakland and Kansas City in a battle for the AFC West. What the fuck, man? What? You played taps for the Oakland Raiders. And it's really, really sad that the board isn't working. I went through the trouble of uploading the Undertaker's theme music oh, because the Raiders are trying to rise that. from the dead. They are. And I can't even play. They should come out to that. They should totally come out to that music because they were dead. From Death Valley, your Oakland Raiders. So I I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. And the and the Raiders are, are moving on up and the Chiefs are stumbling on down, but they both have the same record at the moment. I, I don't know what this means for the, the public, what they think of the Raiders, but Oakland's a four-point underdog. As bad as the Chiefs yeah. have been, Kansas City's actually favored. 
tell you what I'm not going to do. I'm not going to take the team that benched their best cornerback for throwing a penalty flag into the stand. <laughs> so I'm going to take the Raiders, and I'm locking that shit up. Oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing by, by taking the Chiefs, but I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh do I have an answer for that or a reason? I know why you picked it's, the Chiefs because you called the Raiders dead <laughs> like three weeks ago. <laughs> That's I part of it. it. I get it. <laughs> no, there, there's something else. Alex Smith rose from the dead as well. He should have the Undertaker music. The Chiefs did not lose to the fucking Jets because of Alex Smith. Alex Smith not. actually played his ass off. The defense decided to right. go to sleep for some reason. But Alex Smith played like he's supposed to play. So. That was why we both picked the Chiefs last week and got it shoved up our ass. But only because of the defense. So I, I believe the, the Chiefs offense can do whatever they want to the Raiders defense because you know how I feel about the Raiders defense. Uh, I, I, that, that, that defense can't play that bad again. Take the they? over. So are you saying take the over? Take the over on I'm this one? I'm saying take the over. Yes, I, I do okay. like the OD over in that game. Chicago and Cincinnati in the battle of two franchises that really should quit now. Honestly, just both both of you sell the team. But can can John Fox be the next coach fired after Ben McAdoo? Please, please. Can we have that? I guess we're not going to have that in the middle of the season. Uh, Chicago at three and nine, six and a half point underdogs at the five and seven Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, this feels like a this feels like a closer game than six and a half. Cincinnati doesn't scare me all that much. Um, Bears, I think, are going to lose, but I pick them to cover the number here. So I'm going to take the Bears to lose again. A very close game. Hmm. Sounds like a little bit of bear whispering going on there. There's, I don't think there's a lot of people taking the Bears to do much anything after what they've been doing lately. But I concur with you, uh, even though it's two embarrassing franchises and, and hopefully both will fire their coaches uh, at season's end. I don't like Cincinnati uh, bouncing back in a short week after it's such a dark Monday night game against the Steelers. That game, that smell, that game smelled like death. If, that, if there's a football game that can actually smell like death, that game would smell like death. <laughs> don't we get and that with come... the Steelers and the Bengals a lot? I mean, it's not the first time yeah, we have well, left. I've, I've, it's not the first time watching those two teams play has left me physically ill. Like, like, why do I watch football? The, 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 that game made me question why I watch football. And that happened in I that do. playoff game a few years ago, too. Exactly what I tweeted out uh, when, once that game was over was, thanks, guys, for, for once again making me question my, my legitimacy as a football fan. Because that's exactly what it does. It makes you feel like, why am I watching this? What am I doing with my life? Yeah. Um, and to come back from that and beat the Bears by seven, it, it's, it seems a little far-fetched. So I will take Chicago with the points as well. Houston versus San Francisco in a game that no one ever should have to watch. Two and ten 49ers, two and a half point dogs at the four and eight Texans. Hey, I don't have the hollow mu- hollow music working for uh for Jimmy Garoppolo gutting out a five field goal win last week, but why not? I'll go with them again. I'll take the forty ers I'll take Garoppolo over Savage any day. Uh I don't blame you. San Fran now has hope because of Garoppolo. Houston has nope because they have Tom Savage. So I don't blame you for doing that. You can, uh, you can almost flip a coin with this. Like, I'm going with Houston, I guess, because 
Savage has actually played a little better lately than I thought he was ever capable of. So, because reasons, uh, I guess. <laughs> just because, just because. Yeah. Still doesn't suit you. Now, no, I don't. I still don't know how to pull that off. Dallas and the Giants say Eli's back. Everybody rejoiced on that. You played the Hallelujah music for him as well. It's getting late. My mouth's getting tired. Uh, six and six Cowboys, three and a hook, three and a half point favorites at the two and ten Giants. Yeah, Eli Manning is back. Maybe, maybe, just maybe a little motivated, and the Giants just fired their total ass bag of a coach. That's good enough for me. I'll take the Giants. I feel the other way. Eli's back, and the New York media and every and really mainstream media, because it's all New York media, is going to make it seem like, oh boy, Eli's back. Watch him show everybody what he's made of. I think I know what he's four made picks. of. He's made of suck. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to throw four picks, and and the new coach is going to bench him for Geno Smith. <laughs> Justice is served. This uh, this game in Week One on Sunday night opened the season. The Cowboys won nineteen to three down in Dallas. The yeah. Giants had all of two hundred thirty five yards of offense. And guess who they had in that game? A lot more offensive firepower than they have right now. They definitely have a lot less weapons. They don't know Beckham. (laughs) I'm taking the Cowboys, and it's my lock of the week. There's no way the Giants should compete in this game. No way. And of course, we don't. As I said, we don't have the sound effects. So, somebody, people probably have been trying to call in i'd say probably as if we're so popular but maybe well, they've tried to call yeah. in that i don't think anything's working right now on blog talk radio so hopefully the show yeah. is recording as hopefully we said. we're not just talking to each other right now otherwise the pics will be up on the blog about a you know half hour after the show right uh on to the late games jets and denver another game that one should ever have to watch new york at uh, five and seven one point favorite so basically a pick them at the three and nine broncos Hey, so much for that Trevor Simeon coming back and lighting that up. Oh, my God. Uh, How, they can't fire Vance Joseph. I know they're talking about this, but you cannot blame him. He is playing a, a stacked deck against him. He has got three quarterbacks, and he has none at the same time. With that said, though, I'm fire still gonna, No, but with that said, I'm still going to take the Broncos here against my better judgment. Hey, there you go, just because. It makes me feel better about also uh, agreeing and taking the Broncos. Uh, <laughs> we've got no evidence to say that they deserve to be uh, taken in this game, but yeah, they're at home. They got some defense. It's the Jets. I mean, come on. Yeah, when a veteran team with expectations like the Broncos had just drops out of the season race altogether, and they, they can look really, really terrible like they've looked lately. They've looked like a FedEx team, really. They. They they resembled a, a team that's pretty much quit and mailed it in. And since I thought the Jets had done that lo- a long, long time ago, uh, I guess maybe I'm sort of justifying it that way. So, see, I, I still can't do it right. I'm still trying to justify it. Uh, Washington versus the Chargers. Uh, Washington at five and seven, five and a half point underdogs going into the soccer stadium against the six and six LA Chargers. Yeah, another team that's been very hard to read. But there's the Chargers, the Clippers, uh, you know, still alive in that division while the other two are going to knock each other off. 
Uh, I'm getting cute here. I'm going to take the Chargers to win, but not cover the five and a half. Hmm. I pretty much concur with that. Uh, I'm thinking maybe Washington would, you know, 10 days to sort of brew and stew after shitting the bed against the Cowboys and that Thursday nighter. Uh, maybe they'll rise up. Uh, I know they got to stop the, the first place Clippers, the first place LA Clippers. Uh, oh, that division. Oh my God. Um, yeah. We I, get I one every year. The... With this eight <laughs> yeah. team, with this eight division format, you're just going to get one of these every year now. It's almost like it's destined to happen. I know. And it's so hard to predict because who, who sees any of this coming? So, uh, but yeah, I, I don't uh, see the Chargers beating the Redskins by five and a half because the Redskins' offense, no matter what we what, what happens, we know Kirk Cousins he's going to put up the yardage because he's always yeah. perpetually playing for a contract, so he, he's going to put up that yardage for you. Tennessee versus Arizona, the Titans coming off of that terrible, horrible, bad beat for anyone who was picking the who were they playing the Texans last week? Texans, yeah. Terrible, bad beat. Sorry for y'all, really am. Very happy for myself for that pick and, and you as well, Jason. But that was my lock, so I was really rooting for that one. Uh, Titans at eight and four, the, the, like you said, the least impressive eight and four team you've ever seen. Three point favorites on the road at the five and seven Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, with all that being said, though, I'm still going to go ahead and take the Titans here. I I'm kind of done with the Cardinals. I'm just they're just they're they're done. They're over. They're they're Brady Quinn done. I just I'm not feeling the vibes from that team right now. They're, yeah. They're not quite full of quit. Hashtag full of quit. They're not quite there yet, but they're feeling like they're very slowly on their way to it. They they're almost in FedEx territory for me. Uh I'm gonna take the Titans because I think they're just a much more talented team here and the, that should win out. Yeah, the Cardinals gave us a bit of a hope spot a couple of weeks ago. Like they had a flash yeah. of, of excitement in them, and then they got their doors blown off by the Rams last week. So their third straight home game, uh, I, I was tempted, but like you said, the Titans are much more talented on, on paper with all the injuries to Arizona. Uh, so I'm going to agree with you and, and take Tennessee. Still waiting for Mariota and the, and the Tennessee targets to gel. And, uh, it, it it is helped a lot, but out by uh, I was reading Patrick Peterson is is ailing and he might not be able to play in that game. That's a big help if he doesn't play. I, I like that pick a lot better. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you and take the Titans. Seattle and Jacksonville in a very interesting game because both these teams are eight and four, and yet you kind of get the feeling one is uh, ascending and one is descending because of injuries and stuff. But Seattle, but. Uh, you might think they're descending, but they're coming off of an impressive win over Philadelphia. They are two and a half point underdogs at the eight and four Jaguars. And how about that before the season to say that Seattle would be underdogs going yeah. into playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. The issue here is Seattle's defense, which we know can clearly be had. It's just not the Jacksonville's the team that's going to do it. The only worry I have for the Seahawks in this game is that Jaguars pressure. And are they going to get to Russell Wilson? If they can get their hands on him, they could end his season because that 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 front seven of the Jaguars is seriously legitimate. They can make anybody with a bad offensive line make their day real short. Um, but I still think that Seattle's the better team here. I like them in this spot. I don't think the Jaguars' offense is going to be able to take advantage of the weaknesses in the Seattle defense. 
uh, talked about Russell Wilson accounting for every touchdown the season for Seattle except for one. It's a great list, litmus test for, for Saxonville, for the, the Saxonville Jaguars. Uh, they're going to come after Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson is going to make some escape plays and make him look silly because that's what he does. So uh, I think by this point, Russell has proven that he knows what's coming. He knows he's going to get pressured and ran around every single game, and he's just up for it. He's healthy as his ankle isn't giving him any issues, his knee uh, so far, and, and he's just going to do what he has to do. He knows that he has to protect himself at all times. So uh, I would agree with you. Second week in a row that the Seahawks sort of exert their veteran leadership and, and presence over a, a team that's young and talented but just not quite there yet. On Sunday night, it's Pittsburgh and Baltimore in what has always been a, another tough, tough rivalry, maybe not as violent as Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Ravens at 7-5 and five are four-and-a-half-point dogs at the 10-2 and two Steelers. Sorry, I had the chick, uh, the blog talk chick talking about you're telling me it was 90 seconds. I'm going to go ahead and is uh, – Oh, that's working. Steelers. I'm going to take the Steelers. <laughs> Because I'm just going to keep letting these guys shove it right up my ass. Do it. Big smile on my face. Like, yeah, guys, <laughs> ram it in there. Thanks. Well, I'm going to be there with you. Uh, as we know, stop one play on the Baltimore Ravens and stop the whole team. Stop the Flacco to Wallace connection, and that's yeah. it. They don't do anything else. And we're very much helped out by their best corner, Jimmy Smith, getting hurt and suspended yeah. and everything else happening to them and, and out for the year. So uh, I'll agree with you and take the Steelers. And Monday night it is New England and Miami part two. Part one was a couple weeks ago and New England won by 18. So no surprise that the 10 and two Patriots are 11 point favorites on the road at the five and seven offense. Yeah, it's not enough. It won't look impressive, but they'll somehow manage to win by 12. You know, I'll take the Patriots. I'm going to put it into this Patriots shit right now because I'm going to take the Patriots too. That's it for them, pal. <laughs> You've had enough. You've had enough I've of the Patriots enough. looking like total ass. but cover And covering every week. I, I don't get it. So uh, I don't think the outro music is uh, working here, maybe. Uh, but no, we're going to be no. three, two, one into the after show. And yeah. we're in the after show. Yes, we are. Yeah, nothing's nothing's working on the board. I'm clicking a bunch of different buttons yeah. now, and nothing is working. <laughs> it's, just, it's just been a it's been a quiet week here on the show. <sighs> I don't know what's going on. Well, we got all the picks um, in. We did. We, we always find a way to get all the picks in. Um, so, any breaking up on, on my part? Have I sounded good all show? You've had a few, but nothing where it was oh. where I was going to. You know, where, where, where it was just a real minor, like you kind of chopped up for a minute, but I could never not understand what you were saying or only caught a couple of words. It was a real minor, just a little minor, a couple of glitches. Not, definitely a big improvement over the last uh, six months. Well, I'll take that. And also, no, big I don't know. I'll take the improvement over the last six months is, is definitely progress. And I don't know if any minor breakups might be solved by the website running better because clearly there's something wrong with the website tonight. So I don't know. That might be something. Yeah, I don't you know. Because you broke up a couple of times, not not bad at all, but you hadn't broken up at all pretty much all year. So 
that might just be something with Blog Talk Radio. So I don't, we'll, we'll, I'll give it another try uh, next week with this new chord and then see if it works out. I can only hope. Oh, uh-oh, hang on. Uh-oh. Well, I might need to cut this short. I've got crying kids upstairs. Oh, well, yeah. that's not good. Okay, yep, one of, one of my kids is sick, yep. so I'm going to go ahead and uh, call it a night. <laughs> all right, have a fun weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we'll, 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 be, we'll be back <laughs> on... Uh, We'll be back on Tuesday night, um, and uh, I gotta go. Gotta go. Gotta go help clean up with the kid here. Sounds like he got sick. So, all right, all right. Yep. Take it easy. Tuesday night. Uh, all right, Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central is when we'll be due back on the air to recap Week 14 in the NFL. And then none of our outro music, I assume, is going to work either. So. Uh, so we'll just be calling it a night uh, in total silence here. He is Jay with his uh, his family. It's, it's funny. We both got family sicknesses going. My wife's been sick pretty much for a week solid. Uh, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail, the podcast. Thank you for listening to our long mega show tonight, recapping week 13 and picking week 14's games, even though we had a couple of games with the spreads that were off. And we are done. We'll talk to you Tuesday night. We are planning Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Central, for our recap show. Talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.